Bernardo has my place. Give you good night. Hello, Bernardo. Say, what? Is Horatio there? A piece of him. Welcome, Horatio. Welcome, good Marcellus. What is this thing appeared again tonight? I have seen nothing. Horatio says it is but our fantasy. <laughs> will not let belief take hold of him touching this dreaded sight twice seen of us. Therefore, I have entreated him along with us to watch the minutes of this night. That if again this apparition come, he may approve our eyes and speak to it. Tush, tush, will not appear. Sit down a while. And let us once again assail your ears that are so fortified against our story what we two knights have seen. Well, sit me down and let us hear Bernardo speak. <laughs> Last night of all, when yon same star that's westward from the pole had made his course to loom that part of heaven where now it burns, Marcellus and myself, the bell then beating one. Please break the off. Look! Where it comes again. In the same figure like the king that's dead. Not a scholar. Speak to it, Horatio. Looks if not like the king. Mark it, Horatio. Most like. It harrows me with fear and wonder. It would be spoke to. Question it, Horatio. What art thou that usurps this time of night? Together with that fair and warlike form in which the majesty of very Denmark did sometimes march. By heaven, I charge thee, speak. It is offended. See, it stalks away. Stay. Speak. Speak. Charge thee, speak. Tis gone, and well got answer. How now, Horatio? You tremble and look pale. Is not this something more than fantasy? What think you want? Before my God, I might not disbelieve without the sensible and true avouch of mine own eyes. Is it not like the king? As thou art to thyself. Such was the very armor he had on when he the ambitious Norway combated. So frowned he once when, in an angry pearl, he smote the slitted polex on the ice. Thus twice before, and just at this dead hour, with martial stalk, hath he gone by our watch. In what particular thought to work, I know not. But in the gross and scope of my opinion, this bodes some strange eruption to our state. Good now, sit down, and tell me, he that knows, why this same strict and most observant watch so nightly toils a subject of the land? And why such daily cast of brazen cannon and foreign mark for implements of war? Why such impress of shipwrights whose sore task does not divide a Sunday from the week? What might be toward that this sweaty haste doth make the night joint labor with the day? Who is that can inform me? That can I. At least the whisper goes so. Our last king, whose image even but now appeared to us, was, as you know, by Fortinbras of Norway, thereto pricked on by a most emulate pride, dared to the combat, in which our valiant Hamlet, for so this side of our known world esteemed him, did slay this Fortinbras, who, by a sealed compact well ratified by law and heraldry, 
did forfeit with his life all those his lands which he stood seized of to the conqueror. Against the which a moiety competent was gauged by our king, which had returned to the inheritance of Fortinbras, had he been vanquisher, as by the same covenant and carriage of the article designed, his fell to Hamlet. And now, sir, young Fortinbras, of unimproved metal, hot and full, hath in the skirts of Norway here and there sharked up a list of lawless resolutes for food and diet to some enterprise that hath a stomach in it, which is no other, as it doth well appear unto our state, but to recover of us, by strong hand and terms compulsory, those foresaid lands so by his father lost. And this, I take it, is the main motive of our preparations, the source of this our watch, and the chief head of this post-haste and rummage in the land. I think it be no other but in so. Well, may it sort that this portentous figure comes armed through our watch, so like the king that was, and is the question of these wars. <laughs> A moat it is to trouble the mind's eye. In the most high and palmy state of Rome, a little ere the mightiest Julius fell, the grave stood tenant glass and the sheeted dead did squeak and gibber in the Roman streets, as stars with trains of fire and dews of blood, disasters in the sun, and the moist star upon whose influence Neptune's empire stands, was sick almost to doomsday with eclipse, and even the like precursor feared events, as harbingers preceding still the fates and prologue to the omen coming on, have heaven and earth together demonstrated unto our climatures and countrymen. But soft. Oh, no. No, where it comes again. I'll cross it, though it blast me. Stay, illusion. If thou hast any sound or use of voice, speak to me. If there be any good thing to be done, that may to thee do ease and grace to me, speak to me. If thou art privy to my country's fate, which happily for knowing me avoid, oh, speak. Or if thou hast abhorred in thy life extorted treasure in the womb of earth, for which they say you spirits oft walk in death, speak of it. Stay and speak. Stop it, Marcellus. I strike at it with my party's hand. Do, if it will not stand. Here. Tis here. Tis gone. We do it wrong, being so majestical to offer it the show of violence. For it is as the air, invulnerable, and our vain blows malicious mockery. <laughs> it was about to speak when the cock crew. And then it started like a guilty thing upon a fearful summons. I have heard the cock, that is the trumpet to the morn, doth with his lofty and shrill-sounding throat awake the god of day, and at his warning, whether in sea or fire, in earth or air, the extravagant and erring spirit hies to his confine. And of the truth herein, this present object made probation. It faded on the crowing of the cock. 
Some say that ever against that season comes wherein our Saviour's birth is celebrated. This bird of dawning singeth all night long, and then they say no spirit dare stir abroad. The nights are wholesome, then no planet strike, no fairy takes, nor witch hath power to charm, so hallowed and so gracious is that time. So have I heard, and do in part believe it. But look, the morn, in russet mantle clad, walks o'er the dew of yon high eastward hill. But break we our watch up, and by my advice let us impart what we have seen tonight unto young Hamlet, for upon my life this spirit dumb to us will speak to him. Do you consent we shall acquaint him with it? as needful in our loves, fitting our duty. But do it, I pray. And I this morning know where we shall find him most conveniently. Though yet of Hamlet, our dear brother's death, the memory be green, and that it us befitted to bear our hearts in grief and our whole kingdom to be contracted in one brow of woe, yet so far hath discretion fought with nature that we with wisest sorrow think on him together with remembrance of ourselves. Therefore, our sometime sister, now our queen, the imperial jointress to this warlike state, have we, as twere, with a defeated joy, with an auspicious and a dropping eye, with mirth in funeral and with dirge in marriage, in equal scale, weighing delight and dole, 